Welcome to Trapping Radio. Uh, my name is Sarah Gomez and I'll be doing the show this week. Uh, we're here at the NTA. I'm in Clint Lockler's truck actually. I figured if I could talk to anybody about needing a quiet place to do an interview at a busy place, Clint would know and understand. So I just said, hey Clint, can I do an interview in your truck? And he knew exactly what I meant. So if you hear some background noise, it's the air conditioner running because it is hot outside. Not as hot as it was yesterday, but it is, it's warming up this afternoon. So if you hear the air conditioner, that's what that is. And um, I have a special guest here in the truck with me, Mr. Bobby Collins. Um, where, what state are you from? Illinois. Illinois. I just met Bobby. Uh, he stopped by the booth and all you said was something about trapping radio and taking it over and I my smart mouth said to you (laughs) well why don't you just get back here and we'll just you can be on the show on Friday and uh, you called my bluff and you came right behind the booth I was eating some nachos I said well you're right now and my right now is a little different so um, we met up today so Bobby's here in the truck uh, with me and we just turned on the recorder. We don't really have quite a game plan, and we just met. So uh, you're along for the conversation with us as we as we get into it. But um, let's see. I guess we better thank our sponsors for being part of the show. Couldn't do it without them. Um, our first one is F&T for Harvesters. Everything you need uh, for hunting with hounds, predator calling, and trapping. I think that's in the wrong order but you get the idea um they have a special announcement coming up here soon and maybe in the next week or two we'll be talking about that so that's their news to tell and and their announcement to make so stay tuned for that and then we have funky trap tags with alan sayer and we're set up in the same bo- same building with him at the nta so it's always fun to to see him and send people his direction he's got a lot of odds and ends stuff and just about everything you need um so that takes care of the sponsors and uh so let's get into it bobby like i said we just kind of met so um so so what do you do introduce yourself well i'm bobby collins i i trap year-round i'm an i do adc um i love to take raccoons out of attics for little old ladies and they're and off of their and out of their decks and things like that when they especially when they come up scratching on their doors and windows and uh they come kind of screaming and my my motto is is i want to be your hero (laughs) (laughs) yep i can see that well they there's they think the animals are so cute and fluffy until they have a problem and then uh they call they call needing needing your your help is super important at that point when they need it at the time they need it all right and we try to get there right away and and deal with the issues and um we our biggest thing is is educating people on some of the raccoon diseases that are going on right now and and uh and let them know and some sometimes we have to they are asking if if what we do with the raccoons and we we be honest with them. We tell them that uh, our state uh, law 
tells us that raccoons need to be euthanized, especially right now because there's so many of them and that we're, we're, we're approaching the danger zone for disease and, and we're going to lose a lot of them. And our local dog catcher has been, he's picked up 50 some last year and he's on track to pick up 50 more this year that have been diseased mm -hmm. and they're out in the yard and they, we don't want your pet to get hurt or, or to catch these diseases. So. Mm. That's a lot of it right there. Mm -hmm. I've been doing some moling. We've had dry year and moles have been, they'll come up and then they'll go right, right back down real deep and, and they're tearing up these big yards and things. And so we do a little of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I fur trap in the winter time also. Yeah. So how did you get started? I assume that you were probably, did you start trapping at a young age and and be and was a fur trapper for a while and then how did you decide to make make it into a business all year round well in the 70s my dad seen that i had an interest in trapping and so and he was a trapper at his young age and he hadn't done it for quite a while so we had an old 48 chevy pickup and we loaded it down with some traps and things like that and then he started teaching me to trap and we trapped until i got out of high school that was in 72 and then uh i kind of got away from it uh after uh, getting in the working world and uh uh my brother was trapping during the fur boom and I was giving him a hard time about not making any money. Then I found out he was. And, <laughs> and so uh, after the fur boom, I started thinking about it again and it just raising a family and everything. It was kind of hard to get going. But after my daughter was pretty much raised and we, I started it back up again and I got, I had some buddy farmers, that were having uh, raccoon and, and coyote problems. And then one of them came up with the beaver. Mm. And then that's when it really went nuts. Uh, they, I started in the first year was just to get, get used to doing it all again. And I started really catching quite a few beaver that first year. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we, from that, I started talking to the levy district managers and and uh, I got in with them and uh, I I uh, started getting um, opportunities to trap for the levy district and then we we started started uh, paying me bounty and some mileage on it and then I picked up another levy district and to do it and some DNR properties to, to start doing some work for the DNR and, and some of their beaver problems. And then the ADC's thing started and the dog catcher called me and asked me if I, he could use my name and uh, the business is on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's basically my story. I mean, uh -huh. then I met, I met a guy a few years ago back up in... Uh, when when the Illinois had their convention, I met uh, Dave Cyphers, mm -hmm. and uh, Dave is he's a walking talking biologist is mm -hmm. what he is. Mm -hmm. But uh, he uh, we talk basically every day, and he's helped me, and we bump ideas off of one another. It's not like it used to be uh, back in the day when when the old trappers were all hush hush. Mm -hmm. Now 
it's guys bounce ideas off of one another. They trust one another or they don't. I mean, we're separated by a couple hundred miles, but the thing of it is we catch stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's an ADC trapper as well. Also. Okay. Also. Yeah. That's wonderful that, like you said, you can bounce bounce ideas and you can help each other out. And and, and, and not only that, we're helping people. Right. We're helping the customer. Yeah. Somebody who who thinks that that coon that's going to tear them, tear them up or give them a disease or something going on, mm-hmm. we, we provide a service. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's basically that's what we do. That's where do I am. Do you do the bat work and all of that stuff no, too? No, I don't do bat work. I'm 60, 69 years old, and I'm not one for going <laughs> to climb up in houses and seal every hole. <laughs> okay. Uh, you Bat work, and you have to guarantee it. There are some younger guys, uh, Jordan McGinnis, he's a very good oh, bat sure. guy, yep. and uh, give him the work. And mm-hmm. if there's somebody that wants to come up in the Quincy area and do bat work, I bet you I can keep you busy. Mm-hmm. Well, I bet that's another beauty in it, is if you can build a team where you specialize in different things, you can, you can, like you said, if your goal is to help people, which it is, you can, you know, really build a network of people like you said that are good at certain things i had a press control company call me a few uh, a month or two ago and uh, asked me the same question as the the dog catcher did can we use your name to put that i said i'd love to be your trapper and Mm -hmm. we had a good conversation and they have kept me busy Mm -hmm. because they don't have the license to do what i do and i do and we and they're happy and i tell people i that uh, use them they they're good honest people that uh the o'donnell company they they really have done a marvelous job with keeping me busy and and they do good work and they're they're mm-hmm. they're somebody i would i would have at my house mm-hmm. i liked how when you were telling their story of how you got started was you started small and you just kind of took one step at a time you started you know doing a little bit and then a little bit and a little bit and you just kind of kept growing while you were working you know elsewhere I think that's important I I hear a lot of guys who say you know I love trapping I love it I just want to do trapping every day for the rest of my life I'm I want that's what I want to do and they've gone out and they can catch a you know catch a few raccoons in the wild and think you know be an ADC trapper, and I think there's, there's well, it's a so different it's more. a different ball game. It's 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 a lot of educating the public. You've got to be uh, a person who likes talking to people, as you can tell. I like talking, so <laughs> it uh, you you get those people, and and not only that, sometimes you have to convince them that the things that you're doing, they may not completely agree with you. But they understand why you have to do mm-hmm. it. And you have to be able to be patient with people. Sure. The good Lord gave me a word a few few weeks ago. It was time and patience. Aww. Yep. So, Very true. Um, I try to live up to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it's time and patience with the people you're working with. And sometimes it's time and patience waiting on a stubborn raccoon to come out of a hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's... You know, it's all all part of the game. Yeah, I like how um, we were talking earlier, and you said that you it's so much communication with the homeowner that I'm you're up next. I'm coming to your house next. I'll be there tomorrow. I'm I'm 15 minutes away or I'm 30 minutes away, and 
you know, just to keep them informed, I thought, you know, that's that's a small customer service detail that, you know, means a lot. We've talked about that. Dave and I have talked about that a lot is, is to communicate to your customer. And it's all about communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put up a website. I spent the money to, to build a website and put it up. And it's uh, Bobby Collins uh, uh, Wildlife Services. And Dave's is uh, uh, Dave Cipher's Wildlife Services over in his area. And uh, those people, the, the modern mother or modern, modern housewife, younger millennials and all that, they go to the web and they look for people and there's nobody in my area. So I, and I had a gentleman call me about a raccoon and he told me that he had a business that he called and they, they said that they would do what I do, but they aren't licensed to do what I do. So they, they use that to, to, uh, get some business but it was that they wanted to repair the inside of their attic after the raccoon has stripped wiring and doing all this sort of damage you know that they do or fix the hole in the house uh i don't fix the holes in the houses other than to put a plug on it until they get somebody to do that i'm too busy yeah i'm too busy yeah but like you said communication is important they Right. Line that up next, yep. I had a... I just started to get to know our neighbors, and we're, we're, we're just busy people. We stick to it. We stick to ourselves at the house, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to get to know the neighbors a little bit, and it's summertime, so we all have dogs, and we all go on walks with the dogs every morning. We walk two miles, and me and another lady... Anyway, we met the neighbor... And I just met her, and she uh, friended me on Facebook and found out that we were trappers. And a lot of people call. Once they see you're a trapper, they, they don't, like you said, education is, is important. They don't understand, you know, we're not licensed trappers. We're not ADC trappers. We're just fur trappers. But she had caught a skunk in her... They had just had a litter of kitties, and the kitties were in the garage, they moved the kittens to the barn. They put the food out there in the barn, and um, they go to pet the little kitties, and there's a skunk in there. And so <laughs> the kids go in the house screaming. The mom goes back out, and it was in a wire. The skunk, like the the, it was a cage that was for their their kids are in 4-H, and it's like a rabbit. They move this rabbit cage around the yard and the rabbits can eat the grass. So there's no bottom on the cage. The top lifts up and then there's a little rabbit hole door. Well, they had just blocked the rabbit hole door and there sits the skunk. And so she calls, Sarah, I just learned that you're a trapper. Could you come take care of this skunk? <laughs> I'm like, this is not the kind of trapping that I do. Said Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so I go in the house. I say, Jeff. And normally he's like, mm, you know, we just, we just, you know, don't really. It's our neighbor. I say, got it. We got to help our neighbors out. So off we go. Can't move the cage. We didn't know what we were going to do. Ended up, we took a, the live skunk trap, moved the sawdust back, put, uh, they had a, a bag of sawdust covering the hole. 
we uncovered the hole we put the skunk tube trap right there and then uh, the skunk just slowly went right into that little tube trap and oh my gosh it worked we saw it work right in action skunk uh, <laughs> crossed the pan the door dropped and all is well but you know that stuff I don't know People just don't understand animals. I mean, that's the thing. I grew up on, I mean, I wasn't born and raised on a farm, but I grew up on a farm with uh, a man by the name of Ralph Cooper. And he taught me to work. And he taught me things about farm animals. And then my dad was very instrumental in teaching me animal behavior because he was an outdoorsman. Sure. And uh, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And even though it's a raccoon in town, it's still mm-hmm. a wild animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even with that skunk, it was a good opportunity for us to educate that it's not, the skunk isn't um, a vicious or, I mean, it can be, but the perception of a skunk was they were screaming, oh my gosh, I can't believe this, you know, what are you, and you walk up and it was a time where we're going to talk slow and move slowly and keep our voice down. And and then we went and we released the skunk out of the tube trap. And, you know, it was education for all of them. And, you know, we weren't weren't doing the skunk harm. And it, it was cool to see the kids just transform from, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it, to, you know, seeing it run away and productive way actually so. waddle away yeah yeah <laughs> because that's what a skunk does yep. the thing about skunks is if one's beating his feet on the ground oh yeah it's time to get out of dodge yeah. because the bomb is about uh-huh. to go off uh, i had a guy i had a gentleman call me uh the police had given him my number and uh he goes uh, we're trying to catch this raccoon in my garage and we ended up catching a skunk what do i do mm-hmm. i said well you caught him and I said, for a price, I'll come and get him and take care of it. He, he never did want to do that. But I did read my education. Yeah. I told him, I said, you have a bomb in your garage. Mm-hmm. Keep him calm mm-hmm. or it's going to go off. If yeah. you shoot that skunk, yep. that skunk, the bomb is going to mm-hmm. go off. Yep. I said, in Illinois, we're, we cannot release a skunk once it's caught. And I told him, I said, you have to euthanize that skunk. You're also mm-hmm. supposed to have a, a uh, nuisance permit, but I, I didn't sure. go there with him on that sort of thing. But anyhow, uh, education, back mm-hmm. to it. Education, education, education. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's why, you know, we see a lot of kids. We're here at the NTA and kids coming up to the booth and just bringing them around um, to see the things and to experience the kids cave and you know I had a little girl she sat through the demo um, I don't know if she's ever trapped before or not but teaching them the ways so they they don't become the they're not against us in the end they have an early early education on how important it is and they don't have to do it but as long as they're not against it. Well, the other thing is, is we've found that if if animals are not, because we've taken away all of their their timbers and and a lot of their their habitat, it's it's called carrying capacity. 
there is no carrying capacity right now for the raccoons and some of the skunks and the other things because every hole is filled up with an animal. Mm -hmm. They've got babies, they've got this going on, they got that going on, and then there's the bullies, the 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 some of the male animals and they do things that that you know we think are disgusting, but that's what they do. That's that's the life for mm -hmm. for them animals and and uh, if you've ever, you know, cats do things to their, to their, that if they're not their offspring, they'll kill them. And, and that's, you know, we think it's terrible, but that's, that's the way animals think and the way animals do. And um, we, we're just out there trying to be caretakers, you know, and, and trying to be, trying to do what is right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and education is, is to me is the right thing to do because you can teach somebody who, who has a mind that thinks that way, that is educated. And it, instead of somebody who's really radical mm -hmm. about things, calm down, just kind of try to get along. And just when the opportunities come up, then express the teaching part of it and and you'll you know you'll make friends and sometimes you can't make friends mm -hmm. because they just want to be an enemy but that's yeah. what they want to be that's their choice yeah. at that time i remember you said some interesting thing a lot of times us trappers we don't know what to say to educate we don't know how to put the right words into make it relatable or understandable or you know all of that but what you made a comment yesterday when when that lady was pleading with you to not kill that raccoon and you told her the reasons you know she wanted to reload she wanted to relocate, relocate it. it and the way you explained that to that lady i thought you know that's something that we could you know share with somebody else that but you want to share with kind of how you explained it to that lady well what i told her was is the first thing you're going to do when you take that raccoon out of his area that that it lives because of comp the carrying capacity there's no place for the babies and she's going to have to fight to protect them the first thing that's going to happen she's going to run across the bully which is usually a male raccoon and it's in the area that you just moved that rac raccoon into and i think that's cruel because that male raccoon is going to kill those babies. It is just a fact of life. It's going to happen. The next thing that's going to happen is, is he's going to take her and he's going to breed her. And if she refuses, he's going to kill her. Mm -hmm. And that's another fact of life. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things that's going to happen. So I can understand, you know, I've, I've always worried about being a cold-blooded killer. I mean, I had a friend... Uh, that sat me down one day and told me, he says, Bobby, you know animals. God calls us all to, to do certain things, and, and, and you're good at what you do. And uh, you know the animals, and you know what it's going to take. And uh, it's, you know, it's your passion. So, you know, that's being used and, and utilized because it's a gift. And uh, I, I don't shirk it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just thought that was a good analogy for somebody that didn't know, didn't yeah. know the real, the, the real, real the real, the real thing is, is there's no place for that little raccoon mm -hmm. to go. Yep. And now we've taken it out there and we've exposed it to, to all these things and it's going to die, but it's going to die a slow, meaning a, a slow death 
and nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. So, um, my my license tells me of certain things that I, there are certain animals I can release. I can't release them very far from where I catch them, and, and but I can release some. Some I can't. Uh, the raccoon's not supposed to be released. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm sure you get some crazy calls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had one. I was telling Sarah about the snake. <laughs> I got a snake calling. Guy he couldn't even he couldn't even talk straight. He, he, that would I, so be me calling you. I, yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't even get the address straight. So I started going that direction, and when I got close, I I tried calling him again, and he wouldn't answer the phone. I'm going, oh great, I'm not going to find this guy. I finally found him, and he 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 ran this this snake off into a, 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 a flagpole that was laying on the ground and and then he took a, a can on a stick and ran it in there and I think he pinched the tail of the snake because I went to the end of the other end of the pipe and I put a fur bag over it and I cinched it down with my my uh, uh, catch pole I dragged it all out underneath this deck and then banged the one end of the that had the bag on it down on the ground to try to make the snake fall into the sack. Anyhow, it didn't happen. So I got up on the deck, I pulled the, the stick out, went back, banged the thing down, the snake went down into the bag, and the next thing I know is it, I heard, Zzzz. Oh my gosh. And I thought, oh, I got a rattler in here because I hadn't seen the snake yet. Well, it wasn't a rattler. But anyhow, this, this, a species of snake will rattle his tail back and forth in the sack and he was rubbing against the sack and making that noise i then i just picked the sack up tied knot in it dropped it in a bucket i took the snake a little ways away and i released him it was a big black rat snake the guy said he was like about um probably five foot long it was more like six to eight foot long <laughs> and, and uh he he was very mad when I took him, put him out of, out on the ground. <laughs> but his big rat snake, they're good to have around. They they kill rats and mice and all kinds of stuff. The problem was, is he came around the corner of his garage and boom, there's yeah. a snake, and he just I thought he was having a coronary. <laughs> that would be me. That is absolutely me. I'm hyperventilating. I can't talk. I'm screaming. Yeah, Jeff. And I swear every time Jeff is. What? I didn't see nothing. <laughs> How could you miss it? Probably intentional. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what that's what I think it is. It's like we go trapping down south and the guys have figured out they just don't say anything. They just don't tell me if there's a snake. Just yeah, they just want Sarah to work. They don't want her to look. Yeah, they just they, want her to work. See, they don't tell me. So you don't do much snake work, though. I try not try to. to. I mean, if I can, if I can explain something to somebody that he's just going to crawl away or or whatever. A lot of times, the garden gardener snakes, they're you know they're not hurting anything. I understand, you know, that you people have phobias and and all that sort of thing. But you know, uh, it's a it's a piece of wildlife. It's it's a creation that was given to us. To eat bugs, you know, they got they have got a purpose. You know, we, we don't kill every one of them. We uh, rattlesnakes they keep populations down of rats and mice and and some of the other poisonous snakes too. I don't really, I mean, tell you, I talk about 
cringe and I don't like them. <laughs> and I, I don't want to have a whole lot to do with them. And that's why it costs so much for me to move a snake. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't move them far because uh, I'm not supposed to take them yeah. except outside and move them and take them, make sure they're not going to bother anybody. Mm-hmm. I know the guys that are like down south that do beaver work and they're out in the swamps and there's lots of cotton mouths and dangerous snakes out on beaver dams in the summertime. Carl sends me pictures of them just to torment. Oh them. yeah, that's a, yeah. That, and that's the thing to do. They find out you've got something. That's uh-huh. when they're going to work on you. The thing that would bother me probably working down south would be, would be the alligators catching an alligator in mm-hmm. a, in a three thirty and having to release him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that sort of stuff. And hopefully, I didn't kill him, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're reaching your hand down in to do something around the mm-hmm. beaver dam, and there'd be one down in there. Yeah. I don't think I'd care mm-hmm. for that too much. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun when you got a great big old beaver, and she's—I know you've had them where they pulled the rods uh-huh. out of the out of the out of the water, uh-huh. and they're laying up on top of a beaver dam or up on the dam uh, uh-huh. up on top of the ground. And I'm going. I had a seventy-four pounder. I had—I've caught two seventy-four pounders, and uh, that set that one that first seventy-four pounder I caught. She was laying up on top of the dam waiting for me. <laughs> and let me tell you, that was a wrestling yep, match. <laughs> yep. We had one of, we had a 72 pound. Uh, we have a scale in Iowa, but we don't have a scale in Michigan. And we didn't take, anyway, everybody was asked what's the biggest beaver you caught. But we had a 72 pound in Iowa, way, way, way far down. Iowa's river, river system is like very steep, uh, very steep river banks to get to it and jeff had caught a big um biggest that's where he caught that i helped him carry it out and i think they took a video of it and posted it on a reel that was a heavy one i drug i drug this one out with a four-wheeler i took i took a i have always keep a rope around and i and i took a um uh an extension cable and tied it onto the rope and then I half hitched the loop over a back foot, and I drug her out of, out to the top. And then I tried to roll her on top of the four wheeler <laughs> by myself. You know what? It was it was really pretty tough doing that. But once I got her to the truck, and she's starting to stiffen up a little bit, I could roll her around <laughs> oh, <yeah>. real good. <laughs> yeah. Then I had a guy take a picture of her in the in my sled. Well, she had her tail was sticking out the one side of the sled, and her head was clear up at the other end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were uh-huh. kind of clowning around about that, but yeah, I'm yeah. down alone a lot down in the bottoms. Uh, I carry a cell phone. I've got two uh, two guys that uh, uh, keep an eye on me or, or want to know where I'm at. So mm-hmm. in case anything happens, and, and that's you know you got to have buddies. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, Jeremy Holtz and uh, and J- Jeff, um, um, I can't think of Jeff's last name right at the moment. But anyhow, Jeff, he uh, they uh, they they keep an eye on me in case something would happen. Mm-hmm. And because things in those levee does you they they yeah. tend to you get your foot down in a beaver dam and you might get caught. You uh-huh. can't get it out. Uh-huh. Or if you get caught with a trap, yep. you know. So yep. I, I was just going to ask if you if you had any 
any help at, at any point in time in the business doing that kind of stuff but i don't have any i don't have any I, matter of fact this this guy that i caught the snake uh he asked me he says do you have anybody that helps you or anything like that and i said nope i said nowadays they'd have to work and oh, yeah. uh that was uh you know it's it's hard work and mm-hmm. in, in in the summertime it's hot work yeah and if you're in an attic it's miserable work oh. and uh i try not to do it in the attics i try to catch them on the ground or catch them on the edge of a roof or something like that and, mm-hmm. and uh it's and then you've got your groundhogs it's i love to trap groundhogs mm-hmm. i like to i like to hunt the groundhogs mm-hmm. um i like to set up a pop-up tent and get me a nice cold drink and <laughs> and bipod yeah. and a 17 inch mr and go to work yeah last year i i took 11 11 groundhogs out of one farm and half of them were taken with a rifle mm-hmm. that was fun <laughs> yeah i so. was talking to a guy came up to the booth uh today he had went to the beaver demo i did um, at the main stage which was uh, my the demo went really well um i showed him how to trap the beaver and then I skinned the beaver and then I had the four crock pots of all the beaver roast anyway this guy I seen you guys eating that stuff yeah I had 250 bowls and um I had I didn't have very many bowls left I looked at the package today I'm like well went through all those bowls so we fed a lot of people um that was pretty that was a fun demo to do stressed out about it but you know, there's a lot of moving parts to. Well, you know, I used to take, and uh, this is off the subject just a little bit, but I used to take um, a crock pot, and I would get a limit of squirrels, and then another limit of squirrels because you can have mm-hmm. double your limit of squirrels, and we would take and cook them down, and we would have they would make them like pull pork. Oh yeah! Oh, I'm telling you what—you strain out all the little bones and everything like that. And uh-huh. You take a take a loaf of bread and you go to go to work. You ain't got enough bread. Yeah, <laughs> guys are <laughs> the guys will. Yeah, they really like that. So you know, we had wildlife feeds at work too. Yeah, I was just talking to Harry from F and T, and he is he is passionate about smoking food, and he's got a smokehouse, like it's an actual house. And he smokes a lot of meat. We went out and caught a bunch of salmon and trout on Lake Michigan, and or I think it was Lake Huron, and took them to Harry. He smoked them all, uh, which he did an amazing job. But uh, he was just talking yesterday about smoking squirrel meat, and I thought that that would be. I got my little dog. And she oh, it's loves better. It. It's better than pork. Than pork. Yeah, it is better than pork. Me and Harry, he says. You should do a cookbook, Sarah. I said, well, maybe me and Harry could do one together. He likes cooking all that stuff. and Get him on here. <laughs> yeah. I think he's been on here before a time or two, but yeah. Nope. So. You guys will have a lot of content. You know, you just just keep, keep plugging away. You know, trapping and hunting and all this kind of stuff all ties together and, you know, the, if you can communicate to the community of, and get it to where they'll they'll contribute their cookbooks, their recipes, mm-hmm. their this, their that, it it can be a lot of fun. It really can. I listen. Yeah. I've listened to Trapping Radio since Clint started it, and uh, now you guys got it. And I'm glad you have it now. I, mm-hmm. I you know, 
uh, I think Clint Clint's kind of glad to get away from it for a yeah. while and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's a changing of the guard. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. It's uh, new ideas. Um, I mean, there's more than one person involved in it, you know, and 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 it'll it'll improve and and it will. It, it, I listened to Clint for years. He helped me. And he didn't know it, but he helped me learn to trap. I. I am a member of the Fur Brigade. I did feel that it was important for me to uh, contribute somehow, some way to trapping radio because it didn't cost me anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I put my, my, uh, a few, it wasn't much money. It's only like 30 bucks or something like that a mm -hmm. year. And what I did is uh, then I received opportunity to get 10% off of, of everything I bought from Funky. And, <laughs> and Funky's only uh, two, like a couple hundred miles away. And I have my stuff the next day yeah. if I get it in early enough. <laughs> yep. So, they do a uh, great job. And I'll tell you what, Alan is a great guy, but he has got a little workhorse <laughs> in that place. Little Alan. He's called Little Alan. <laughs> That man, he'll I'll answer he'll answer that for me. Hey Bobby, what you need? <laughs> and uh off we go. Yep. And then I come to the conventions and and then uh uh I start picking up things that uh I haven't that I have dreamed of having and and couldn't either afford at the time now that I do some ADC work and I'm retired uh, other than that and and I can afford I can afford it now, and um, I just got myself my own crimper Ooh. and uh, my tabletop yeah. crimper, and I've got uh, a few other things. I I got the beaver knife. I got that oh. beaver knife that you guys yeah, are using. Yeah, the caribou too. knife, huh? Yeah. Yep. With I the rounded, uh, I love rounded it. blade. Yep. And yeah. I, what I like about it more than anything is is the grind, that, that the way they ground the blade on it. Mm -hmm. And what that will allow you to do is once you sharpen the knife, or it's already sharp, yes. believe me. Yes. Then when you when you uh, 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 come back and steal that knife mm -hmm. or ceramic that knife, it'll pick that edge back mm -hmm. up and roll it and roll it back up straight. And man, that thing is going to yeah. be sweet. Yeah, this year. I don't know how to sharpen it. This knife, this caribou knife, has been with me through my learning process. So. I've ran it so dull that it wouldn't cut anything to me attempting to learn how to sharpen it to, um, you know, Mike here, he, he's gotten it on the right track, but that knife has been through all the growing pains with me and still is a great knife. Yeah. I used to buy the cheaper knife and it yeah. just, it, I'm always sharpening it. Yeah. Always sharpen. It's yeah. just not worth it. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, Alan carries that full line of, uh, caribou knives from, the fleshing knives to the skinning knives to the all the knives so that's pretty new but yeah you mentioned the fur brigade we hadn't really talked much about that on the trapping radio show but that's the was it furbrigade.com or trfurbrigade.com i'm not sure anymore it's on my computer i just yeah, punched the button. the button and like you said it's a membership um thing and we put there's several different dealers that have codes on there and funky being one of them you know dunlap lures is on there i'm on there with she traps trapline coffee is on there j3 outdoors with the hags products is on there with discounts southern snares there's a whole bunch of them and then um 
and you get a percentage off of what you're, uh, you know, they they give you, they give a code and then you get a percentage off on your stuff and it pays for itself. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if yeah. you're a if you're a hardcore little trapper, it'll pay for itself because you need supplies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just helps us offset the server costs and the you know all the costs that it, the monthly cost with the IT stuff and and all of that. That slowly learning so clint had it set up a whole different way so but and then we put free videos up on there the dvds are on there you can watch them digitally on there and try to change it up every month have you still got clint's dvds up too is trapping how to trap it yep we have how to trap it okay and uh that that was that was very good and Stir- uh, uh, Newt Sterling was on there. <laughs> that was a hoot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you had an interview with him. Yeah, that I had was, an interview with him. That was a hoot, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I had to sit in his van to do that that interview. And, oh, it was something in that van. He smokes, um, I don't know, brown. they're brown-looking cigarette things. Dude, I don't know. I, I said, don't smoke. I, he's... <laughs> Yeah, in that van, it stunk so bad, and then he lighting that thing up. I said, "You're gonna have to, you know, cut that to a minimum for an hour here." I said, "You got me all choked up." Secondhand <laughs> Good smoke, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, he's a character. So, is there anything else you're looking forward to at the convention, or something that you said you went to the banquet last night? I'm going to the bank. I went to the banquet last night. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the uh, auction uh, dinner tonight, and then uh, probably somewhere around noonish tomorrow, I'm probably going to pack up and I'm going to head for Morton, Illinois, and uh, I'm going. To, I'm taking some stuff down for Dave. He's going to go somewhere north with his wife and. Uh, they're going to spend a, a few days up here in the North Woods, and uh, I'm going to take his stuff to his house, drop it off, and then I'm going to make a beeline for Quincy, Illinois, through Springfield, Missouri, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's kind of the game plan. Yep. Well, we're finishing up uh, the NTA here, and then we've got a week off, and we're going to fill some orders and probably re- restock from this show, and then we'll be in Minnesota at that convention and then the highlight of my summer i'm looking forward to going to the iowa state fair i'm from iowa originally and the iowa state fair there's over did you have you ever been there not the iowa state fair i've been to the i've been to several iowa uh conventions yeah i love them iowa conventions there are a lot of people that come to them Mm -hmm. and i like them yeah the state fair is um they have over a million people every year attend their state fair their iowa state fair so if you're from Iowa, you know what I'm talking about. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. All the food. They've got 64 new foods at the state fair this year. So I'm so excited. Highlight of my summer is being able to go to the fair. And then from there, we do not have a weekend off until October 12th. And then uh, coyote season starts October 15th. Wow. So we're on the road the rest of the summer. So. Well, the other thing is, is if you go to the Iowa State Fair, I imagine you're going to see all the goofy politicians. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. They'll be there. Yep. <laughs> so, well, I saw Jeff just left for his one o'clock demo. He's doing it with Mark Zagger. So, oh, that, that's, that's going to be, be a hoot. That will be a hoot. <laughs> Zag, I didn't hear the whole conversation. I, I heard part of it. And I probably shouldn't repeat it, but 
Zacher comes to the booth and he says, so Jeff, are we still going to do this? Are we still, because they talked about it and Zagger's Zager, wound up. I yes. Mean. And, uh, they didn't give Zagger a demo s- slot at the show. Uh-oh. So Jeff uh, said, well, you do, you can do it with me. Zagger thought maybe he was joking or serious. And all I heard Jeff was say, yes, Zagger, we're doing it. And you are the fluffer. <laughs> so that's how there is starting out. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> I can see it happening yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I got to watch the booth while he's down and doing that and, All right. On that note, we'll sign off. But, Bobby, thanks for making the time to to sit down for an hour and appreciate it. Well, I I, I tell you what, I I support Trapping Radio. I support you you guys. Thank you. I appreciate everything you're doing. And uh, please keep up the good work. And, um, hey, everybody, listen to this. Because, you know, Sarah's, Sarah's new into Trapping. But she's she's had some good teachers. Jeff Dunlap is he's a little slow talker, but he's got yeah. a sharp mind. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. So uh, he and he's a very good lure maker. Uh, I use his big pile, and I use some of uh, Dave's stuff. That I mean, I'm I'm amazed at some of the lure makers that are here. That really little known people, but they got great stuff. Mm-hmm. And and. Uh, and Jeff's got some great stuff. And by the way, so so does Sarah. She's she's well, being yeah right she, up there. Yeah, yes, you get better right than up Jeff's. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And and also, you got if you've still got them little T-shirts, I need something for a seven-year-old and something for a two-year-old boy. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So yeah, I'll come up and I'm going to have to buy something for them kids because they're going to say, "Papa, what'd you bring us?" Yeah. Last time I I seen you all, which was. I think oh, I saw you at, at the Illinois, but I saw you at Springfield, Missouri. I think is the time, and I bought a. Um, uh, I think I it was something for Evelyn was like a uh, a T-shirt. One of them said uh, Trapper. Uh, what was it? Papa's little trapper, oh, or sure. or trapper in training. That's yep, what they were. Yep, yep. I think I bought two of those. Yep. Man, I tell you what, them kids they yeah. they wear them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they wear them down to my house anyway. Yeah, well, thanks for bearing with us uh, to everybody listening. You know, like you said, it's kind of been a learning curve, and it's a little different, especially I know for Jeff, just to sit and talk for an hour, like talking to himself. So, you know, it, we'll get better at it, but. Uh, thanks for bearing with us in this transition period so like i said bobby thanks for well thanks, thanks for joining for, us thanks so. for having me all right everybody have a good week <laughs>